0: Hi, I'm Pastor Robbie Barrett, and I want to take this time to thank you for taking time out of your busy day to listen to a life-changing word from God. And I pray that as you listen to these podcasts, that it will shape your way of thinking, and that you will be walking in the fullness of what God has for you. Coming out, you could have been everywhere else, you could have been staying at home, enjoying the weather, whatever, but you came out to be a part of this, amen? Nothing you do is in vain. I want to say that again. Nothing you do. You said even coming to church this morning? Yes, even coming to church this morning. God rewards those who do things for Him. Now, if you got your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. And we're going to start at verse 10 today. And if you don't have your Bible, we got it up on the big screen. Praise God. Amen. I appreciate everybody watching this through Facebook and those that will be watching this through television. We're getting the gospel out to as many different outlets as we can. Uh, I I, I never hardly make this announcement, but how many has podcasts? How many listens to podcasts? One or two people? What's wrong with y'all? Come on. Yeah, it's Apple. Uh, There's many different... Pathways, you can do that. But anyways, we have just about all of our messages, all of our teachings on podcast. The great thing about that is, is you don't have to have your phone on. You know, your screen on. You can play it, lock it, put it in your pocket, and just listen to the word. It'll hook up to your uh, most of your vehicles. You say, why are you saying this? Get the word, amen. Get the word. The world is constantly filling you with junk all the time. You need the word. Being here, praise God for church, praise God for the time you get to hear the word here, but it's not enough. Amen? So we have many different outlets that you can get this. This is why we do this on Facebook Live. Not to replace church, so that you can go back and listen to it. Faith what? Comes by how? Hearing. Not heard, hearing. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you this morning for this service, for the people that's here today, Lord. I thank you for your word, this message that you've given me for your people. I know that we're going to see results. I know that signs and wonders are going to follow your message that's being preached today. We refuse to put limitations on you, but we declare in here today no limits. You are the God that does the impossible. So we thank you for that today, and we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. All right, 2 Timothy 1, verse 10, it says, But now is made manifest the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle, And a teacher of the Gentiles. For the which cause I also suffer these things. Somebody say sometimes there are difficult circumstances going on. Do I have an amen in here? Sometimes you've got uh, different problems arising. But what's that have to do with what God told you? Somebody say amen now. That's got nothing to do with it. Let's read on. He says, for, this, for which cause I suffer these things, nevertheless I am not ashamed. Because somebody say, I'm not ashamed. For I know, somebody say, I know, in whom I have believed. Past tense. I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him. So the question is this, what have you committed unto him? No, y'all didn't get it. Hold on. Let me say it like this. What have you let go out of your hands and put it into God's hands? Yeah, that got more real, didn't it? Because, see, that's what counts. Because a lot of times, here's what we do. I'm just going to use this for an example. We'll say, God, I'm trusting you. I'm believing you. You know, I know you're going to make a way. And the whole time, you're still holding on to what God should be holding on to. So, Paul said, I am fully persuaded. I know that I know. If you got a title for this message today, you can entitle it, The Knowing. Turn to your neighbor and say, The Knowing. See, you have to come to the place. Now, thank God for believing. Amen? How many knows we all started at believing God, right? That's how you got saved. You started believing God. And praise God for believing. But what I came here this morning to tell you is that I've come to challenge you to go beyond believing. Into knowing. You say, I've never heard such a thing. Listen, Paul said, I know in whom I have believed. So said, in other words, this was what he was saying. He said, I have graduated. I started out believing God. I started out putting a little bit of trust in God. But now I have come to the place. Come on, somebody. I've come to the place where I am no longer just believing this thing. I'm no longer just rolling dice in the dark. No, I am fully persuaded. I am convinced. I know that I know that I know. I can keep going now. I know that I know that this has to work. Can somebody say hallelujah if you're with me? I know that this has to work. I know that these promises has to come to pass. I know that when I put this word into operation, when I start exercising what the word says, I know that it has to come forth. You see, it's no more. Well, I'm going to try this and see if it works. Trying doesn't get anything done. Somebody say amen or oh me. Trying doesn't get anything. How many tried to brush your teeth this morning? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> I hope that you got past trying. That's just a little humor now. All right. I know that everybody in here listening today, I know that you're at the point where you're ready to stop confessing and start walking in it. Amen? Do I have anybody in here this morning that is, you know... Thank God for confession, right? we got to decree some things. We've got to confess the word of God. That's very true. But you're ready to step into possession. Raise your hand if you say that's me. I'm ready to step into some promises. I'm ready to step into some dreams, to some visions that God has placed on the inside of me. In other words, you are ready to stop trying to convince people what God said. Come on, that's what we do, right? We, we try to convince people, hey, I'm telling you, this is what what God's going to do, and they just look at you and say, "Mm -hmm, yeah, 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 I'm I'm done with that. Come on. You see, when God manifests it, you don't have to try to convince people anymore. They see it on your life. Somebody needs to put your hands together and give God some praise on that, that people are going to start seeing some things on your life. And you don't have to say, well, let me tell you what God's going to do. They're seeing it. So if you're ready for that point, then guess what? You have to enter into the place of not just believing, but knowing. It's got to come forth, right? It's got to happen. In other words, you wake up every single day with this attitude, today's the day. Today's the day that everything that I've been believing God for is manifesting. Now, see, you can't do that in believing. Here's the difference. Listen to the language. People who just believe use this type of language. One day God's going to do this, and one day God's going to do that. That's the language they use. And listen to me. That's real easy to do. Y'all have heard me say this before. When you get into a crowd of people or a group of people that, you know, that's fellow believers and all this, and you start talking about what God can do and what God is going to do, you know, down the road years from now, you know, they'll agree with you. Oh, yeah, amen. That's right. God can do this and God is able and God's going to. You got to get past that. You see, when you start talking about, well, let me tell you what God is, what God has already done. Let me tell you what's going to happen today at 3.30. You see, when you start getting specific and you start getting details, then you start losing people. Well, hold on a minute now. Who you think you are, some type of prophet or something like that? Let me tell you something. You are the prophet over your own life. Did you hear what I said? Do you know what that means? The word prophet doesn't, it's not just an office in the church. The word prophet literally means just to speak the word of God. So I'm telling you that you need to be speaking the word of God over your own life. But how do you need to speak it? You got to get out of believing. Believing is, I tell you what, God said one day, God's gonna do this, and God's gonna- You gotta get out of that. And you got you gotta start doing what? Speaking as if it's already happened. I am healed. Come on. I am blessed. I am delivered. My children are saved. You see, you got to start speaking it into the now. Let me ask you a question. How will it ever get into the now if if you keep speaking it into the future? I tell you what, God's one day he's going to do this. One day God's going to do that. And the whole time God is saying, I'm ready to do it now. I'm ready to move now. Because according to the word of God in Ephesians 1, he's already blessed me with how many? All spiritual blessings in heavenly places. That's past tense. And we're sitting here acting like we're waiting on God. Come on. Paul said, I know that I know. I know in whom I have believed. Past tense. He said, I know. He didn't say, I know that I am believing. He said, I know in whom I have believed. I've graduated. So, why is, so let's get down to it. Why is believing not enough? Now, I know that this is right now, this whole message is just messing your theology all up. I've never heard such a thing because all I've heard all my life is only belief. All things are possible to them that believe. Now, if you've been here long enough, you know that I don't just take the word at face value. I dig into it. Amen? Because that's what so many people do. They just take the word at the surface. When, when you start digging into the word, he said, study to show yourself approved. He didn't just say, look at the word, he said, study it, right? Dissect it, break it down. Get on, get on the inside of the Word because there's so much more revelation. So why is believing not enough? Let me tell you why it's not enough. Because there's room for doubt and fear. What do you mean there's room for doubt and fear? When you are believing, how many knows you can still believe and still doubt at the same time? Woo, I know this is messing you up. I'm going to give you Scripture. Mark 9. Verses 21. Look right here. It says, and he asked the father. This is is when the the father brought his demon-possessed boy to the disciples, right? And they couldn't cast the devil out. They tried and they tried. They couldn't cast it out. And so he brings him to Jesus. And this is what Jesus said. He asked the father. He said, how long ago since this has came unto him? And he said... Since he was a child, right? This devil has been messing with this kid since he was just a small child. Next verse. It says, and oftentimes it had cast him into the fire and to the waters to destroy him. But if you can. Somebody say, if you can. If you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Next verse. And Jesus said unto him, if you can believe. Now, y'all heard me break this down several months ago about how Jesus was throwing this. This phrase right here, Jesus was throwing this back into his face because he was trying to put this on Jesus. Well, if you can do anything, and Jesus was saying, if you can believe, right, all things are possible to him that believe. Next verse. Here's what I want you to see. And straightway the father ...of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, what? But what? Oh, okay, okay, so watch. He was believing and unbelieving at the same time. Now do you see when I tell you that believing is not enough... ...because it leaves opportunity, it leaves room... For doubt and fear to come in. Now, don't misunderstand me. We all start at believing. That's where faith starts, right? But God wants us to develop our faith. He wants us to grow our faith until we come to the place that we know that we know. That we're not hoping, oh man, I hope that this works. I don't know for sure, but I hope this works. I'm going to put a little bit of trust in it. No, He wants us to come to the place where we say, it's done. It, it is. It's done. What has been is in the spirit is going to be is in the natural. Amen? So you can see right here that when you just believe. Now, again, we all start there, but we got to go deeper. When we just believe, there's still room for doubt and fear. All right, so what's wrong with that? Fear tolerated is faith contaminated. I'm going to say it again. Fear tolerated. Is faith contaminated? Now, how many knows what contamination means? Watch. You can have, let me just grab this bottle right here. You can have nice, clean water, right? Nice water. It's clean. It's pure. It even says right on it, purify But how many knows that I can drop one drop of sewage in it? How many wants a drink? I just dropped one drop. You've got all this this pure water right here, and all I dropped was one drop of sewage in it. You mean you don't want to drink? Nobody? You see what I mean? We say, oh, it's just a little bit of fear. It's just a little bit of worry. It's just a little bit of doubt. It's the same thing as I just showed you. Even though you started out with pure water, one drop of that contaminates the whole thing. So he says, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. And I'm going I'm to break that down a little bit more in just a little bit. All right, so James one. Six. Let's go there. James 1.6. He says, but let him ask in faith. If somebody has a question, if somebody's seeking advice, James says, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Next verse. It says, for let not that man think that he shall receive what? Why is it not enough just to believe? Because that doesn't cause you to receive. I asked you a question earlier. How many is ready to walk into the land of possession? Not confession, but possession. It's going to take knowing. Believing's not enough. Next verse. Verse 8. It says, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Now go to the Amplified Classic. Y'all know I like this version. It says, only it must be in faith that he asks with no wavering, no hesitation, no doubting. For the one who wavers, hesitates, or doubts is like the blowing, uh, the billowing surge out of the sea that is blown hither and thither and is tossed by the wind. Next verse: For truly, let not such a person imagine that he will receive anything he asks from for the Lord or for, from the Lord. Next verse: It says, "For being as he is, a man of two minds." Part of him is believing, but part of him is doubting, right? Part of him has a peace. Part of him is afraid, hesitation, irresolute. He is unstable and unreliable and uncertain about how many things? Everything. He thinks, everything he feels, everything he decides. So notice the language that Paul uses. Go back to 1 Timothy. Is there anything in that language that Paul gives you that he's undecided? That that he doesn't absolutely know that what God promised him, what God had placed on him was not going to be coming to perfection. He said, I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded. Does that sound like anything in this verse right here? No. No. So, Paul, what I'm telling you is is that the reason why believing is not enough is because it leaves room for indecisiveness, right? It leaves room for doubt and fear. And any time there's doubt and fear, there's what? Questions. What if? What if I step out in faith and it doesn't work? Come on. What if I, you know, what if I start saying that my body's healed even though I'm getting bad reports? What if I start acting like God is prospering me when I know what's in my bank account? What if? But see, when you come to the place of knowing that you know, you perform it not based off of your circumstances, but simply based off of what the Word of God said. Can somebody say amen? You're not putting the... Circumstances into the equation—they've—they've they've been completely removed from it. Notice what Paul said. Go back to Second Timothy one twelve. Look right here. Our First Timothy, yeah, our Second Timothy, me, uh, verse twelve. It says, "For the which cause I suffer these things." He says, "I know that there are unfavorable circumstances going on." Can somebody say, "Yeah, I know what he's talking about." I know right now that there are, there are situations in my life that are contrary to what God told me. But this is what he said in today's language. I don't care. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it feels like. I don't care what it sounds like. Can somebody bear witness with me today? When you come to the place of knowing, you no longer care what the circumstances are saying. And let me tell you something. You've heard me say this over and over and over. The enemy will make sure that he will place in your path unfavorable circumstances. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all he has to work with. That's all he has to use against you to break your faith. Is if he can get you to focus on, oh, I still feel bad. Oh, I still don't have any money. Oh, I, this is still falling apart. That's all he has to work with. But what if you come to the place where you know that you know that it has to change. Come on, somebody. That it has to break through. That what God promised you has to come forth, And you no longer care what it looks like. What's he got to work with? He's got Nothing. How many can agree with me today that the enemy could not stop Paul? It didn't matter what he tried, it didn't matter how he tried to do it, it didn't matter when he tried to do it, he could not stop Paul. You say, well, wait just a minute, you know, Paul was martyred for the gospel. It was only after he said, My work is finished. Somebody say amen. I'm going to stretch your faith in here today. Quit letting the enemy determine when you leave this world. Now I know, watch this. I know that all of us, if Jesus tarries, we have to go by the grave. I understand that. But you don't have to die sick. Somebody say amen. You don't have to have some horrible tragedy take you out. No. No. You can stand by faith and you can do as Jesus said. What did he do? He said, Father, I commend my spirit unto you. And the Bible says he gave up the ghost. Yeah, but that was Jesus. Yeah, but the word says the works that I do, come on, you will do also in what? Greater works because I go to my Father. So here's what Paul said. Before he was ever martyred, before the enemy took him out, this is what he said. He said, I have fought a good fight. Come on. I have kept the faith. I have finished my course. My assignment is done. Now the enemy tried for years and years and years to take me out before my assignment. But I was persuaded, come on, that he, what, that he was able to keep that which I committed unto him. Paul committed his life unto Christ And Christ kept it. Is somebody getting this today? Surroundings no longer are in the equation. Now, let's deal with this. Y'all know I got to bring some Greek in here. So what does the word knowing mean? What does it mean to know? Now, we talked about being fully persuaded and all this, but what does it really mean? All right, the Greek word for know here. Paul uses is I do. E-I-D-O. That's kind of funny, isn't it? Because when you stand before a preacher, right, and you marry somebody, when you make these vows and commitments, what do you have to do? You have to say, I do, which means what? I know. How? Listen, how funny would it be if somebody gets up there and you say, you know, do you promise to love this woman and take care of her and all this other stuff? And the man says, you know, I'm not real sure. What's going to happen? She's probably going to slap him over the face. Amen. How many knows when you stand up here before God, you better know, right? So I just thought that that was very, very funny. That the word "no" means I do, right? And that's what we say up here at the altar. I do. All right, so here's what the word "no" means. It means to mentally see what you've been believing. How many can, oh my God. Watch this. If you can see it, you can have it. Understand what I just said. I didn't say see it here. I said, if you can see it in the realm of the Spirit, how many see something? Come on. Then you can have it. To mentally see what you've been believing. This is where we get the phrase, I see what you mean, or I see what you're saying. Now, when somebody says that, when you explain something to me, and I say, oh, yeah, okay, I see what you mean, or I see what you're saying. I don't mean I literally see what what you're saying. I didn't see words manifest out of your mouth right no but I got a mental image right I use this example before I'm gonna use it again map of Virginia what came to your mind yeah the shape of the state right you just got a mental image so now Cheryl can say I see what you're saying So that's what the word know means. It means you're not just trying to walk in the dark believing that God's just going to do something. Uh -uh. No, you now have a mental image. You see yourself healed. You see yourself blessed. You see yourself delivered. You see what I'm saying? Now, it also, this is the other definition for it. Seeing that becomes knowing. Seeing that becomes knowing. This becomes a gateway to laid hold of spiritual reality from a physical plane. Okay, so watch this. All right, pretend like this is the barrier between the physical and the spiritual, right? When I come to the place not just believing but knowing... Right When I come to the place of knowing what God has shown me, I see it in the Spirit. The more I look at it, come on, the more I look at it, the more I talk about it, the more I'm consumed by it, I begin to lay hold of it from a physical plane. So what does that mean? That simply means I begin to pull it from here We're talking about manifestation today, amen? Amen. That's what you want, right? uh, Wait, or would you rather just confess all your life? Nobody? So you don't want to go to the grave confessing I'm healed but never walking in it. Confessing I'm blessed but never walking in it. So you want to walk in possession, right? Somebody say amen. All right, so he says... To bring it to a physical plane, this becomes a constant comprehension. Somebody say constant. What do I say all the time? When you receive a prophecy or a word from God, don't do what everybody tells you to do and put it up on a shelf and see if it happens. Because I can assure you right now, it will never happen. You have to take that word and you have to do what? Keep it, guard it, work it, right? Stand on it, confess it. That's how this thing comes to pass. Now, so let me explain everything that I just read, right? So watch this. First off, a clear, this is what knowing means. A clear image comes forth of what is already is in the spirit realm. So watch this. God's not going to heal you. He's already healed you. Well, brother, my body's still, that's got nothing to do with it. In God's eyes, you are already healed. You got Bible for that? 1 Peter 2, 24 who his own self bore our sins on the tree, that we being dead to sins now live unto righteousness. By his stripes you... That's past tense. All right. God's not going to bless you. He's already blessed you. All right. So when when you enter into the realm of knowing, it's like this. It's like you pull the curtains back and you begin to see what is in the spirit realm. Now, if you if you're a Christian for long enough, you understand that everything started where? In the spirit, right? Everything you see, even the chair that you're sitting on right now, did not start in a physical form. It started in the spirit realm, right? The Bible says that in the beginning God did what? Said. The Bible says that the earth was without form. It was void. It was darkness upon the deep, the face of the deep, right? So what did God do? He looked at it and said, darkness. That's not what he did. What did he do? He spoke what he wanted. Come on. He looked at the darkness and called it what? Light. Light. Beat. And the Bible says light was. Right? Okay, so you take a peek back and you begin to see what God sees in the spirit. Again, how does God see? God sees you already healed, already blessed, already delivered, right? The moment he speaks something, it's created. Okay, so here's what you do. You begin to focus on that. We're not looking at the circumstances. We know they're there, right? You begin to focus on that. You begin to see yourself healed. What do healed people do? Run and jump and feel good and what, go for a hike or whatever. You begin to see that. And the more you keep looking at it, the more real it becomes to you. I'm talking about seeing in the realm of the Spirit. The more real it becomes to you. And then guess what happens? You begin to lay hold of that. It begins to become more real than the pain or the issues that are going on in your physical body or the prosperity that you see. You're going about helping other people, paying people's debts off, whatever it is. You begin to focus on that so much that you no longer pay more attention to the bills or, the, or the, what your account says than what you're seeing in the Spirit. And before you know it, watch this. You know that that's what is really real and you lay hold of it and you pull it into the physical. And then watch this. You finally understand that this saying that we've been saying all along was wrong. You say, what's that? Before I knew it, this happened. Before I knew it, that happened. That's wrong. You got to know first and then it happens. Amen. Amen. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that God won't surprise you with stuff, because he, he will. How many has got kids in here? Raise your hand. What do you like to do with your kids? <clears throat> surprise them. Right? Come on. How many tells your kids everything that you're going to do for them? No. Because, number one, you know that they drive you crazy. So you're not going to do that. But number two... It is a pleasure to do what? To surprise them. To see that look on their face. God does the same thing. I'm not talking about surprises. I'm talking about things that he has showed you ahead of time. That he's put in your spirit. That you know that he's wanting to do in your life. That's what I'm talking about today. You have to come to the place where you know. And when you know, then it happens. Then it manifests in your life. Somebody say amen if you're getting this today. All right, Mark 9. Now let's go back to Mark 9, this, this uh, issue with the possessed boy and the unbelieving, believing, halfway in, halfway out father. Mark 9, 22. It says, And oftentimes he's cast into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Next verse. And Jesus said unto him, If you can believe... All things are possible to him that believe. All right. All things are possible. Now, the man was believing. Can everybody agree on that? Now, how do I know that he was believing? Well, you know, you're not too sure because he said he was unbelieving. Listen, this is how I know. Because he wouldn't have went to Jesus' disciples to begin with. Amen? Amen? He knew that there was a chance that something might work here. And then he certainly wouldn't have went to Jesus after the disciples couldn't do it if he didn't believe. I'm trying to stretch you today. It's not, it's, it's not enough to believe. You've got to know. All right, so watch this. When you dig into the Word, you always find treasures. I mentioned this earlier. Get into the word, right? Let it get into you. Because watch this. Here's what I found out. Now, oftentimes we say this line right here. All things are possible to him that believe. When you start to dig that out, you got to, you learn that Jesus wasn't exactly saying that. Here's what he was saying, all right? That Greek word there right there for believe is the same word that you see any time for faith or whatever. Same word, but watch this. In this passage, this was what Jesus was implying. He was saying that all things are possible to him that has absolute trust. Now, what's that sound like to you? Knowing. Absolute trust. How many has ever said... You know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell people I'm healed yet until I until I find out what the report is. Amen. Come on. You know when, when my finances straighten out, then I'm gonna start giving. All things are possible to them that have absolute trust. He said, I believe. Jesus said, that's not enough. You got to know. You got to know that I can do this. And let me tell you right now, going back to this phrase right here. Let me tell you right now, if you know that I can do this, If you know that you know that you know, it's done for you. I'm talking to some people in here today. When you come to the place, watch this. When you come to the place where you know that it has to be, that when I put this word into motion, it has to come to pass. It is not a might, if, or maybe. Matter of fact, what's the word say? It says the promises of God are what? Yes, and in Him, Amen. You ever notice that God doesn't talk about ifs and mights and maybes? We brought that in. You ever notice that? What if you came up here for prayer and God says, I'll tell you what, I might bless you. Well, I got a good word today. God said he might bless me. We'll just see what happens. God doesn't talk that way. God says, I will do this and I will do that. Believe me. Know me. Come to the play. It's no wonder that this is what God told me, and I'm going to tell you what he shared with me. He said, don't just believe. He told me this a while back. He said, don't just believe. No. No. You got to know that when you give, pay your tithes, whatever, you got to know that it's coming back to you. It can't be a gamble. This is not the lottery. This is not the casino. You're not trying to give a chance and see if something happens. When you stand on that word, I don't care what kind of report you receive. When you stand on that word and say, God has already healed me and I thank you for it, you got to know that your body, whatever state it is in, it has to change. Somebody uh, spay back at me. It's got to change. It's got to change. Oh, you better not talk like that. You're saying that because you don't know. See, when you know, you can can talk like that. Amen? It's no wonder, watch this, that Abraham went around telling everybody. And y'all have heard me say this before, that God started making him say what he wanted when he had no evidence in the physical. He had to introduce himself. He said, you're no longer Abram. You're Abraham. You're the father of many nations. So get this. Y'all have heard me say this before. Abraham had to go around all the time, introduce himself. Hey, I'm Abraham, the father of many nations. And people looking around. I don't see no kids nowhere. Right? Right? But guess what Abraham did? He looked into the spirit realm. And the Bible... Says he no longer began to pay attention to his body now dead. Sarah's wound dried up. Come on. He no longer began to pay attention to how old he was, right? How impossible it was in the physical, right? How he was, the, each year went by, he was decaying more and more. No, he no longer, the Bible says, as a matter of fact though, the Bible says that as time went on, his faith grew. He went past believing and stepped right on in to knowing. I know that I know that I know. And I'm telling you today. That God wants you to come to the place where you know that you know that you know that this has to work. It's got to be. Things got to change. Circumstances got to move. Mountains got to move and be cast into the sea and never rise again. Things have to break loose. They have to come to pass in my life. When you come to that point, that's where you begin to walk in manifestation. Somebody say amen. Woo, Luke seventeen twelve. Y'all not tired yet, are you? It says, and as he entered into a certain village, there met him two or ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off, and they lifted up their voices, saying, "Jesus, Master, have mercy on us." And when he saw them, he said unto them, "Go show yourselves unto the priest." And it came to pass—somebody saying, "It came to pass"—that as they went, they were what? Next verse, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back with a loud voice glorifying God and fell down at his feet, giving thanks, and he was a Samaritan. Next verse, and Jesus answered and said, Were not there ten cleansed, but where are the nine? And they were not found to return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith. Has made thee what? Now see, if you do any study, when you hear the word whole, you probably think, well, he was was just saying that he was healed. That's not what that means. It's two different words. Healed and whole is two different words. When he says you are whole, that means whatever was wrong in his life, not just physically, any financial issues, any peace, whatever, was completely restored that day how many remembers the woman with the issue of blood right how many knows that she had an infirmity in her body right for 12 years but guess what do the math we don't talk about this part the bible says that she had went to many physicians and spent all that she had had somebody say she was broke she wasn't just sick she was also what But what did Jesus say to her? He didn't just say, woman, your faith has healed you. He said, you are whole. So that day, watch this. Not only did she get healed from that blood issue, but her finances got restored also. Somebody say amen. We serve a good God. So watch this. All right, so notice did you pay attention to what this story was saying. Now, you probably just read over that real quick and said, Okay, he healed ten lepers. Praise God. But look, they were leper, right? They had all the signs. They had, you know, the the wounds and all the the terrible things that this disease caused. All right, here's all that Jesus did. There were two knowings in this story. One was Jesus and the other were the ten lepers. Now, how do I know this? Watch this. Jesus said, go to the priest and show that you've been cleansed. Somebody say, that took knowing. How many ever prayed for somebody and said, okay, we'll see if it works, right? If I see a sign in them, if I see them start twitching or something, I'll start telling them to do something that they couldn't do. Well, what about when you see no evidence? Amen you got to enter into knowing. See, Jesus wasn't just saying, well, you know, I better not send them to the priest because what if I send them to the priest and they're not cleansed? Jesus was not just believing. He entered into knowing. In other words, he said, by the time you get to the priest, you're going to be cleansed. You're going to be healed. All right, so there was two knowing. So there one was Jesus, but what about the ten lepers? All they did was go off a word, this guy said. Y'all not getting it. A lot of times, Jesus would instantly make people whole, right? Instantly cleanse them, right? This didn't happen here. He said, you go your way, and as you go, you'll be cleansed. Somebody say, that didn't just take believing. That took knowing. They had to know. Because here they are on their way to the priest. Now according to Leviticus, you come to the priest and the priest pronounces you cleansed or not. He checks you. He sees the results. There's no rashes. There's no wounds. Okay, you've been healed of leprosy. So they wasn't about to go to just show up to the priest and say, okay, here we are. We've been healed. That took knowing. Do you understand what I'm saying? They knew, Watch this. In other words, they came to the conclusion that this has to be according to what God has spoken. Amen? God said we're cleansed. Jesus said we've been made whole. So as we go, we know that this leprosy, by the time we show up to the priest, is going to be completely gone. That took knowing. Now how many of us, watch this. Well, let me just say like this. If you're in just believing... Here's what they would have done. Okay, they would have left Jesus and they said, all right. They would have talked amongst themselves. All right, when this stuff dries up, then we'll go show ourselves to the priest and then give glory to God, right? That don't cut it. Y'all see what I'm saying? It doesn't cut it. That's not what brings manifestation to you. That's not what causes you to receive. You got to enter into the place of knowing And then Jesus says, according to your faith. In other words, because you knew. Because you knew that it had to be according to my word. Ladies and gentlemen, let me just stop right here and say that God does not talk just to hear himself talk. When he makes a promise to you, he means what he says and he says what he means. Are y'all hearing me today? That when he promises you something... He's going to bring it to pass, and He's going to do everything that He said. So you never have to come to the place wrestling with yourself. Well, I don't know. Is God going to do this or not? When you understand that who God is and that He says, I uphold my word above the honor of my name, come on, my reputation's on the line, then you don't have any problem entering into knowing. It has to come forth. It has to be. Uh, Heather, come on up. Again, as God told me, I'm going to tell you, don't just believe. Know. Know that you know. Again, I don't care what the circumstances are. don't care what it feels like. don't care what it sounds like. And that's not me being cold-hearted or anything like that. It's got nothing to do with it. I'm telling you that you know what is really true in the Spirit. Let's look at one more example. Go to Daniel for me, Dave. Look at right here. How many remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Come on. He says, if it be so, if you throw us into the fire. Now, how many's heard all your life, it preached like this, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stood before Nebuchadnezzar, stood before him and said, we don't know if God's going to deliver us or not but whether he does or doesn't we're not going to bow how many heard it that way that is absolutely wrong that is not what they said whatsoever you're not looking at three men that were gambling taking a chance wasn't sure about this indecisive you're looking at three men that knew their God come on and knew in whom they had believed he said they said if you throw us in the fire watch this our God in whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and watch this he will I'm not telling you take my word for it look for yourself he will do what deliver us he will deliver us they weren't standing there. We don't know if God's going to make a way. No. They said, if you, whether you throw us in, if you throw us in, God's going to make a way. He's going to deliver us. If you don't throw us in, He's still going to deliver us. But one way or the other, whether you throw us in the fire or whether you don't, we will not bow to your idol. They knew. Turn to your neighbor and say, they knew. They went past believing, and they knew. And guess what happened? Somebody say, manifestation. Amen. Let me tell you something right now. Where God has taken you, how many can say God's taken me somewhere? Where God has taken you, there's no room for fear. There's no room for doubt. There's no room for unbelief. You've got to enter into that place of knowing that you know that what you have committed unto God, which here's how it should be, every area of your life you've committed unto Him, that what you've committed to Him, He's going to keep it. He's going to guard it. He's going to protect it. And I don't have to live indecisive or in fear or what ifs or mites or maybe. Uh uh-uh, uh. I'm not doing that. I know in whom I have believed, and I am fully persuaded. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Prophetic Faith, the podcast edition. For partnering information or for prayer requests, you can go to our website at www.accelerantfaith.org or you may email us at accelerantfaith at yahoo.com. And just remember, One word from God can change anything.